What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 112.0, and we are starting a brand new series. Uh, it was voted on by the community, and uh, they have chosen Control. Today I have with me Matt. Hello, friends. And yeah, Control. Um, I have started this game before um, and have actually made it um, farther from where, where we're going to talk is as far as I've ever made it in that game. I uh, thought I had made it a little bit farther than than that, but nope. That is a, that is a lie. Um, but yeah, Control... Uh, uh, created by Remedy Entertainment, uh, the same people that brought you Alan Wake and the original Max, Max Payne. Payne trilogy, or yeah. not trilogy, one and two. Yeah. And uh, was originally released in uh, 2019. It's funny enough, I, I did not realize that game was that old. Mm. But... Uh, I figure yeah. because we're still in this just post-COVID area or in COVID, I always assume things that seemed two years ago were actually three years ago, and something that I think happened last year probably happened two years ago because I did – you know, there's that whole year where nothing happened. Yeah, I feel like I lost two years. Yeah. So I feel like I'm always saying, yeah, that was last year. Oh, wait, no, that was like two and a half years ago. Yeah. No. And that that's kind of how, how I feel here when I hear 2019. If I had guessed off the cuff, I would have said 2020. But I'm like, yeah, plus the gap year, and then there you are. Yep, yep. I think it will forever be that way. Yeah. That's the, the one year we lost. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, uh, so as we do with every new series, we start with our history with the game. Um as I said, I had played this previously, so it came to Game Pass. Uh, the original version of the game came to Game Pass probably a year ago, I guess. Somewhere around in there. And um, I downloaded it and booted it up and played probably an hour and a half, two hours of the game. And I said, mm, this is okay. Uh, it feels like a Remedy game. And... Um, Kind of just left it at that. Didn't ever go back to it. I, um, I review games, Phoenix Down games, all this other stuff started cropping up. So I had to put it on the back burner. And then it was, um, it was dropped from Game Pass. Uh, I think what a month ago. Mm. So, uh, which I makes found... sense. I, go ahead. I, I think on the PS5, it was free. Last February, so if it was a similar timing on the Xbox, maybe it was up there for a year. Yeah, probably. Um, which I had um, found the Ultimate Edition for, I think, $10. I can't remember. It was it was cheap. It was on like a Microsoft sale. And I was like, well, that's that comes with both DLCs. I think we're good. It's got the Series X version, so that's where I'm playing. I'm playing on the Series X. And uh yeah, I picked it up then and started playing it again. Uh Matt, what about you? 
Yeah, uh, extremely similar history. I when this game came out, I really wanted to play it. I, uh, you know, I Remedy's one of those companies that maybe doesn't have the most games, but man, I fell in love with the first two Max Payne games. I've probably played the first one three or four times through, and the second one two or three times. Um, you know, came out like the the year I went to college, and then the third year of college, it was you know. It was, I had another friend in college who played it a lot, and you know we would talk, would play it, and talk about it, and then a couple of months would go by, be like, one of us would start playing it, and the other one would be like, "Oh yeah, well, I should play that again too," and just over and over was playing Max Payne in college, and then really, really loved Alan Wake as well. So uh, I've missed a few of their games, most notably Quantum Break, but was super excited for a Control when it came out, and then didn't do anything with it. I don't know what I was busy doing, uh, but it wasn't playing this game. Did you purchase? So it? I didn't. No, I, I never purchased it. I only picked it up. Well, that's not true. I think I have it. Well, maybe I just have multiple free copies, actually. I know I have it on the PC. I think it was free on Epic Games. Yeah. Uh, I also have it on the PS5. I have the Ultimate Edition because that was free last February. Uh, and I did a similar thing. I, I played it for a couple hours. I got into the third mission or so and then... Liked it, but just kind of fizzled because I was busy doing other things, I guess. Sure. And I always wanted to get back to it. always wanted to play it. You know, I kind of like the vibe. I like a lot of the, the vibes of their games and never really got back to it. So I'm, I'm really excited to be doing so now. But, yeah, I think I got probably about as far as you did the first time around and then were similarly far, which is just past where I got last time at the moment now. So... It's all new, and, and basically the whole rest of the game is, is going to be brand new. So yeah, excited yeah, me too. to keep playing. Yeah, me too. Um, so I, I kind of lived vicariously through um, uh, Ken and Anthony. Um, they were, I think Anthony reviewed the game. I can't remember. Um, but uh, Anthony was like sending me direct messages about it. And me and him are both fans of... Uh, the internet forum short story creepypasta known as SCP. Um, Matt, are you familiar with SCP? No, just I, I've looked it up once or twice, but I've never really sunk into it. Yeah, so that's never a really rabbit hole. That is a that's, that's a that's massive. Yeah, that's a massive rabbit hole of. So SCP is basically it's user created stories, but they're told in a way that it's like you're reading a a top secret document. SCP stands for Secure Control and Protect procedures. Containment Procedures. Okay. And it's about a foundation that, uh, that takes not only cursed artifacts, but also dangerous supernatural beings and creatures and all sorts of stuff. And they keep them in this kind of like a, a warehouse 13, if you will. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's another thing that I'm going to keep referencing is, is warehouse 13 and the fan favorite. Friday the 13th, the series. <laughs> yeah, and for me, it's The Lost Room, the old sci-fi miniseries. 
That's right. Yeah, the lost room as well. Where there's a bunch of objective power, sim- similar, and each one has like a, a power. And uh, yeah, it's funny because control has a very kind of unique flavor to it, but it, it is reminiscent of a, a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when Anthony was telling me, he's like, dude, this is just SCP all over again. I was like, I, I'm very much interested in this game now. Um, cause I'll be honest with you. I played Quantum Break. I got probably three fourths of the way through that game and I was just like, I don't know if I like this. Um, mm. I, I, it was just, it, it didn't feel the same. Like I, I'm a big fan of Alan Wake and I was like, quantum break they try to do too many things i feel like you know with the whole in between chapters there's a a hour-long tv show that you watch that's live action and i i don't know i I couldn't i i oh i I guess i say i couldn't get into it i got into it because I, i i played probably six hours of that game um but i was just like eh, i'm not feeling it i mean i i still own it yeah that that ought to be plenty of time. If you're six hours in and you you aren't feeling it, then you're probably not going to feel it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, the the acting was good. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't like the gameplay that much, even though the gameplay is a lot like Control. Um, I just feel like there wasn't that that underlying mystery, which is what's really keeping me going with Control. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, but yeah, it's mystery on mystery to the point that I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, this this game feels like a freaking fever dream. Yeah, because um, I guess we can just start with the beginning of the game. Uh, you play as Jesse Faden, who is um, who has just arrived at the Federal Bureau of Control which is a government agency. Um, and when she arrives there, no one's around. Um, and she also doesn't actually think this place exists. It's so weird. Like how, cause it's, you get much like Max Payne, much like Alan Wake, you have this kind of like film noir, inner monologue where she is speaking in her head, you know? Yeah. And even when she's speaking to other people, that's, that gets on my nerves a little bit. Cause if you ever go back, if you ever go back and watch the TV show, the wonder years, right? Everybody remembers the wonder years. There are, I, I watched it recently. My wife got into it. And I watched it recently, and there are literally like two minute sections where Kevin is standing there and just kind of staring off into space in a scene, and he's letting Daniel Stern talk in his head, basically narrating it. And I'm just like, did they just tell him to just act confused for like a minute? <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's strange. And she does it here too, where like somebody will say something to her, and, and the camera will kind of zoom in on her face. And she's talking to herself and it's like a, a 20 or 30 second thing. And I'm thinking, does the other person standing next to her say, are you okay? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Spaced out. Yeah. 
But the thing is, is like, even when she's talking to herself, which we come to find out that she's not actually talking to herself, she's talking to someone in her head. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it's just doubly confusing. Yeah. So. Plus, um, it seems like there's a lot of people she's talking to in her head. I feel like she's just talking to one person. Um, and for a while there, I thought she was talking to her brother, but then kind of found out she's not, she's looking for her brother. Um, yeah, but isn't she taught, isn't she getting messages from like the board and the old, you know, you know, we'll get into all the details, but I feel like there's, I feel like there's, there's faces and there's random words and, and I never really know exactly who she's talking to. I kind of thought it was multiple people. But yeah, at the beginning, she's just talking to one person, but then a whole bunch of people get into her head, um, like the director. And then yeah. on top of that, the board is also talking to her. Yeah. And like I said, it, it feels like a fever dream because there's so many things. I'm just like, what is going on? So she arrives at this giant skyscraper building and when she walks in, there's nobody around. And as you continue investigating, you realize the building is on a lockdown. Um, and she, I guess the first person she runs into is the, the janitor. Yeah. Right. Otti is that his name? Yep. Otti. Yeah. Who, is he Danish, Swedish? I don't know what he is. Um, but, uh, he basically tells her you need to go to the directors and we go through this empty building, go up to this, the director's office and the director is laying there dead, shot in the head with what appears to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And she's told by this voice in her head to pick up the gun. She picks up the gun and everything changes. So as you were walking through like the hallways and stuff like that, you had like portraits of the director and stuff like that. Now, there's a portrait of her as the director. And once we start meeting people, everybody just immediately says, Oh, you're the new director. How do you know this? Like everybody just speaks it as a matter of fact. And I'm like, did I miss something here? Why does everybody just assume that she's the new director? Yeah, good question. I mean, you definitely get the the progression of there was a director, that person's dead, you pick up the gun, you have to go through a trial of sorts, right? Like the board the board kind of uh challenges you to go through that first little astral plane mission. Yeah. And I I assume it's when you finish that that you officially become the director because you've now passed the test. I, I, I'm assuming. I don't know. 
you have to prove that you can use the uh, the gun. Yeah. So, which, which is a ob- object yeah, of power. Yeah, and it's interesting that even the fact that she can walk around under her own control is important and, you know, is, is part of how she gets to be the director because she even has the opportunity to pick up the gun. Right. So the, um, what is it, what is it called? The service weapon? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Service pistol? Service weapon? Yeah. The service weapon is a object of power. So, uh, to explain a little bit more, uh, the Federal Bureau of Control is a government agency that collects these cursed objects, um, and keeps them from the general public. Um, and these objects have all different kinds of abilities. Um, and they're usually everyday mundane things. Um, so we'll get into it a little bit, but, um, there's like the service weapon, which is a gun that can morph and become different types of weapons. Um, there, and it also doesn't require ammunition. It regenerates ammunition. Uh, there is a floppy disk that was found during the cold war in Russia that when activated can violently throw objects around the room. Uh, and these objects of power allow a person to basically bound to them and they now have that ability. And so that's, that's one of the what, reasons it reminds me of, uh, of the lost room because they were very mundane items there too, like a, a comb and a wallet and a bus ticket. And each yeah. one had a different ability if you had it. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of the, uh, the big thing is that it's these mundane things. Um, there's a, there's one I still haven't figured out what it does, but there's a jukebox that they have in like a containment cell. (laughs) And I'm just like, what does that thing do? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so my my big, go ahead. Sorry. I think my, my timing's a little off with the internet, but, uh, I think my, my first thoughts when seeing this because of the lost room you know, I'm, I'm trying to draw story parallels and say what event happened in the past that caused all of these items to get powers, right? In the Lost Room, it was a very particular thing that happened, and it caused everything in the vicinity of that event to gain these powers. So that's my my overriding thought process while playing this game is trying to put pieces together to say what caused the object to get power right so that's that's just my baseline thought as i'm going through what what location could have even had all of these random items together well apparently they they're found all over the world yeah because a lot of the files talk about going to like argentina and they found this one in ohio and they found this one in russia so it's like they're cropping up all over the place but one of the big things is the astral plane, which is this other dimension where 
the board is, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and what comes out of the astral plane, I am not entirely sure. I believe that's where the, the quote, villain of this story is from, which is known as the Hiss. So, yeah, we also got to fight the vi- vibrating blob that came from the came from the other side. Yeah. This so uh, so uh, man, this is this is a hard one. So it's it there's a <laughs> lot going on here. <laughs> well, the other cool thing that when you walk in and you're like walking around this building, it, it's you know, it's the game clearly is going for kind of bold aesthetics, right? So, you know, you, you get that every time you're in a new area. You get the big name of the area and big block letters. It covers up the whole screen. Yeah. You know, that's kind of bold. You know, the the building itself, the way it rearranges, the way it almost looks kind of like the FBI, but kind of like Soviet block. It's a lot of, like, concrete walls. Yeah. So Very it's, it's 1970s, 1980s kind of feel to it. Yeah. And then – juxtapose that kind of drab almost dreary background with all of these bodies just floating in the air like that yeah. that's a really striking visual as well and so like it, it, it provides a bit of unease as you're just kind of walking through this place there's not a lot happening but there are enemies cropping up out of nowhere but then there's these bodies just kind of floating there yeah so something came from the astral plane that was known as the hiss and the hiss i don't think actually has a body i think it's like a collective that possesses people certain people it turns into these you know mindless drones that attack some just float in the air and uh, there are some people in the the Federal Bureau of Control who have been able to fight off the hiss by using these um, inhibitors. I don't I don't know what they're called. Yeah, like HRC or something. HRCs, which is basically so. From what I understand, the hiss is like some kind of sound that you hear that that turns you because these these little devices they wear it looks like a speaker that like reverberates it away from noise canceling or something yeah noise canceling i don't know i'm not entirely sure uh, but for some reason jesse is immune to this um and then on top of that jesse is also hearing this voice in her head that she talks to and it looks like a spiral gear of some sort. Yeah. And it's leading her around. It reminds me a little bit of like Geiger or something. It almost looks like biomechanical or some, some kind of organic, but mechanical as well. Yeah. And uh, eventually she, she, we find out that it's something that she calls Polaris. Um, because, so, fun fact, uh, the building itself is an object of power. So, where the F, FBC is located, 
is an object of power known as the oldest house. And the oldest house is kind of like, I guess the best comparison would be what, Rose Red? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a house. Yeah, it's always, always changing. It has a kind of a mind of its own. It changes when it feels like it. And so it also is, is, you know, naked to, or it's, it's not naked. It's, it's invisible to regular people unless you know about it. So usually people can't, there are times I saw a document saying that if somebody just stumbles into the building, they need to talk to the person and ask these questions. And if they're harmless, then tell them to leave. Or if they think something's suspicious, you need to contain them. Um, and it seems like Jesse was able to find this building because of Polaris, the voice in her head that is showing her where to go. Yeah. So, uh, Jesse is looking for her brother, which is Dylan, I believe Dylan Faden. Um, so what ended up happening was that, um, when they were children in their home of ordinary, I think was what it was called. Yeah, is that their hometown? Yeah, hometown of Ordinary. Um, her and her brother uh, found a object of power. I think it was like in a in like a landfill or something like that. And it was a um, a projection slide. And while they were playing with it as kids, um something came out of it and uh, that something was Polaris I guess yeah and, and it kind of FBC came and quarantined yeah FBC came and quarantined and took Dylan uh, and she escaped and she's been spending the past 15 years looking for Dylan so, yeah, it finally led her to here. Is that a good rundown so far? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it seems like the kind of game where more back for, backstory will get filled in as we go. But, I mean, that's that's the driving bit of the story, right? That's why she's here. That's why she can get in. And that kind of sets off the adventure into the FBC. Right. So it's complicated, but it does I guess it doesn't need to be. It's it's enough to get her in and you know, things just get keep getting weirder from there. Yeah. So yeah. Um I <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the, the, the characters that we run into. So that, so there's, there's characters that we see and read about in the, the tons of documents that we see. Um, obviously the, the director, which was trench who is now dead. Um, uh, there is another big player, um, which is, um, Dr. Darling, which is kind of like the the head researcher for the facility. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like all the little videos with with Casper Darling in them because that reminds me a lot of Lost. Yeah, a little bit. With the um, Dharma and it's, initiative. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, and I, I really like the kind of juxtaposition. They're talking about these crazy, obviously supernatural things, but it all, you know, it all feels very normal to them. It's just, you know, it's just their job and they're all just kind of doing like quote unquote normal science experiments on them and you know, I, I kind of like that juxtaposition. But, um, yeah, we run into some survivors. And, of course, they recognize Jesse as, oh, you're the new director. And to begin with, she's not wanting to really tell everybody why she's there. Um, but eventually she does. Um, I guess, w- w- what's the lady's name that's in the boardroom? Is it Emily Pope? Emily yeah. Pope. She, she's kind of like your, your go-to for, okay, what do I do next? So, yeah. um, you know, Emily's telling us, look, there's other survivors, but the problem is we can't get to any of them because the building's on lockdown. And the only one that can unlock the lockdown is the director, which, Hey, you just so happen to be the new director. So you'll have to remove the lockdown. But before we do that, we got to go down to the maintenance area because this whole place is going to blow up. Um, the, was it the, it's the cooling, right? And the generators? Well, before we do that stuff though, we have to do the unknown caller. And that's where. We have to go to the communications department and find the hotline. Right, right. Got to get the hotline first because uh, the the hotline is uh, the the direct line to the the board. And uh, the board, I still don't know who they are. Um, yeah. Every every time they speak, they speak in in a strange tone and always have double meanings for every word. <laughs> Yeah, when you couple that with the fact that a lot of times when she's hearing voices in her in her head, there's also these kind of like visual distortions where she can like see a projected shadow of a person and then, you know, then she can see Polaris as the, you know, as kind of that the, the gear-shaped, you know, ring-shaped thing in her vision. So, I feel like you're getting audio distortions, she's getting visual distortions. I mean, she she seems kind of crazy. <laughs> The projections, you know, an outsider. the projections, I believe, are the director talking to her. Only the director. Yeah. But don't you I get think. a little bit of the kind of the inverted pyramid and isn't that somehow related to the board? Yeah. I think when you see the inverted pyramid in the astral plane, I believe that's the board talking to you. I, but yeah, going yeah, to the hotline. We'll we'll have to, we have to talk about going to the hotline because that was kind of cool. Yeah. So it seems like there's there's two little objects of power here. So they have the the light switches that you pull that then teleport you to a specific place, a hotel in the desert of Arizona, I believe. <laughs> I don't know where. Yeah. Um. But 
they have it arranged to so so to keep people from going to get getting to the the um the hotline as kind of like a countermeasure they have this object of power there to keep people from getting to it so you have to kind of solve a puzzle so you pull the pull the light switch it teleports you to a a random hotel in the middle of the desert you got to solve a puzzle pull another light switch and oh look we have we now have a way to get to the hotline yeah a little bit of a and mystery I, too where certain doors are opening when you pull pull the light switch and every time you pull it a different door opens yeah and you ring the bell and, yeah ocean view motel the ocean view motel that seems like it's in the middle of a desert. Yep. Not too many oceans, I don't think. I don't think so. But yeah, make it to the, the hotline. And I, I'm guessing she binds herself to the hotline? I don't know. Yeah, it says the hotline allows you to contact extra-dimensional entities. But she doesn't have... You fight one of those... You fight one of those kind of vibrating spheres. Well, you don't really fight it. You kind of run away from it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm guessing she bound herself to it because she's yeah. she's not carrying it around with her. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess that's what she does, right? Because before she does this, she finds the floppy disk. So she's got... And I guess that's bound to her too, right? Because she continues to have the ability to telekinesis items yeah launch stuff which I have to say um, out of everything in this game the, the, have you found this game challenging Matt only the very last fight did I find challenging okay if you upgrade the launch ability this game becomes a cakewalk yeah, I do really like the way it kind of balances where you can be launching things to do damage or to knock down shields and then without the gun, unload the whole clip and then while that's recharging, you go back to launching things. I like that kind of back and forth for sure. Yeah, so I've upgraded the launch ability almost all the way. I've basically just put points directly into that and a little bit into energy. I can one-shot yeah. anybody almost. Oh, nice. It's, I should do that because really most of my at- most of my attacks are launch an item, and then it takes one bullet to finish them off. Yeah. All right. Have you upgraded the gun at all? Uh, no, I focused on launch and health, I think. Okay. You haven't unlocked any of the different styles of guns? No. Do you know about the different styles of guns? Nope. Other than okay. you can use the gun, gun as a key at one point. Yeah. So, yeah. If you go to... um, I th- You may have to do this at like a control point. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, But you can change the version of the gun. So there's like the, the shatter which is like a shotgun and there's the spiral which is like a machine gun 
I have been using nothing but the spiral. Mm. And I placed a, you know, you get mods for your, either your abilities or your guns. And I placed on this spiral a better accuracy. So, man, that thing is great now. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I've been mostly figuring I would just increase the launch. Kind of, for some reason, thinking that this would be, let's say, a little bit like Halo in that the pistol is always good. It's, you know, it's going to pack enough punch per shot that I'll just use that and complement it with a higher-end launch. Yeah, man, the launch is so good. When you get that thing leveled up, oh my god! <laughs> like, I'm I'm to a point now where like if I if I'm aiming at a guy and I choose to launch something, she will sometimes grab an item from behind them, and when she's pulling it to her, it hits them. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. That's cool. Yeah, it's really nice. So. But there's other abilities you can get too. I know you probably got the um, the dash ability. Yeah. Uh, which is the the carousel horse, and then there's also the shield ability, which was a uh, safe. Uh, haven't really messed around with the shield too much. Probably need to. I know that yeah, there is I a probably should. there's an unlock for the shield where after the shield takes so much damage it, it then explodes and sends debris at enemies. <laughs> nice. So that would be really nice. So yeah, going back, uh, got the hotline. Now we got to go fix the the generators and the uh, I guess the cooling mechanism for the generators because it's um the apparently the the entire building is going to blow up if we don't yeah and that's what's causing the lockdown so we need to fix the energy converters and the coolant pump so we can lift the lockdown yeah so we got to go down to the uh, maintenance area to do that we run into some more survivors uh one of which is like the head of maintenance and uh uh, he kind of directs us on where we need to go. Um, it's kind of cool the way they handle the, like you don't have a, a direct line saying go here, go here, go here. Yeah. It's a little bit more like you have to figure things out in world. Like there's a lot of signs around, which I kind of like because it, at least it tells you in kind of the mission objective that you need to go to the coolant pumps. So you're just, you're following the signs for coolant pumps. And I guess it's maybe not, that much less um, guiding than actually having like a an indicator or a map or something, but it feels more engaging because I'm actually using the environment and I'm actually looking for signs to tell me where to go. So it's kind of cool. I've gotten lost maybe a couple times in the game, but overall, I, I really like the way they the the way they kind of unfold your progression through these different levels of the building. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with like the signs and stuff like that. I have a major problem with the map. Yeah, that map is god awful. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't use the map too much because every time I've brought it up, I've been like, this isn't helpful. No, it's confusing as crap. Like I, I get it. The map is not like a Resident Evil map where you have like 
a page and that's the first floor and you go to the next page and it's the second floor. Now this one has all the floors on top of each other. It's just the, the, the blocks that are dark mean that they're below you. And I'm just like, what the heck is this? Like, I, I just want to know like where I am. I get where I'm at, but there should be a door directly in front of me that leads to a question mark on the map, but that there's no door there. And I'm like, what the, well, I don't know how to get there. Yeah. That's happened to me like three times so far. And I'm just like, I'm about to get done with this game. <laughs> but then I've eventually I have, found it. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like I've been able to uncover it. I haven't actually ever gotten so stuck location wise that I've had to like whip out a guide. I've been able to figure it out, which is, which is nice. The um, problem is the other if thing I, I ha- thought that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying the other. The other piece of that is I've you know I've died a number of times and I I do kind of like the way they keep your progression through the levels because you only respawn at the previous control point or cleanse point yeah and it, you know and then uh, it there are a few points where you're opening up shortcuts so you can move around more quickly which I do which I like. Not quite Dark Souls esque, but it you know it it does make the levels feel like they're designed well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, there are a few times where I'm just like, I ran through a door and I'm like, how the hell did I get back here? And I'm just like, I know where I'm at now, but I'm like, what? The, like that door led to this door that led back to where I was. I was like, what? And like there was a couple of times where it happened. I'm like. Is this the yeah. oldest house fucking with me? <laughs> and I'm just like, no, that's part of the level. But um, maybe that's why the maps don't make any sense. <laughs> I guess, yeah, maps useless in this changing. building. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, um, so we have to go do the. Uh, what would we do first? I, I, I'm assuming we can do both of this whenever we want to, but obviously yeah, it so. kind of. It kind of leads you to, to the the generators first, I think. Uh, see, I did the coolant pumps first. I, I, I thought you'd get to a point where it's basically just go left for one and go right for the other. Yeah, I must have went the other way. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the you got to, you know, you use the launch ability to grab a battery. Much like Dead Space. It felt like Dead Space yeah. a little bit. Where you grab the battery, you put it where it needs to go. Yeah, and um, and then when you go each to time the you coolant, do a new wave of enemies, enemies comes out for you. Yeah, uh, they, they they like to send a lot of dudes after you. Yeah, but um, the uh the coolant area you then have to go and um unclog this thing, and the uh the the janitor really hates that clog. <laughs> He's he's cursing in another language about it, and it's some it's nasty, riddles. yeah, very nasty looking um, living goo thing. Yeah, it's kind of spewing puke all over the place as well. Yeah, yeah. Goos. Um, but after you after you get that done, um. We we know we're no longer at risk of blowing up. We have to finally turn off the lockdown. Which hey, luckily, it leads us right to the room where the lockdown is. <laughs> yep, the control room, and that's where we use the uh, 
the gun as a key to unlock it. And now we're free to go wherever we want to in this building, with some minor exceptions. Yeah, using that gun there was the name of the chapter. That was our directorial override, right? Yep. So uh, we uh, go back to uh, Emily, and she's like, yeah, we need to head down to the research laboratory. Um, because uh, there's a couple of people down there that, that would be very helpful in this situation. Um, uh, Darling uh, had created the devices. What you call them again? The H what? Uh, like HRC or something? HRC stands for. I can't either. But, um, and he was working on some more. Uh, and um, he may be down there in the research area. That's where his office is. But also, um, God, what, what, what is her name? Marshall? Is that her name? Yep. Yeah, Helen Marshall, uh, which is, uh, she's the head of the operations. Um, she is kind of like, I, I, is she, why is she not the head of security? Because she seems like a, a complete and total badass. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, so that's our head of security. No, that's just the the head of operations. Yeah, so. th- this this whole level, the old boys, is where I did start to feel like the game took a little bit of a jump difficulty-wise. I didn't find it to be terribly hard, but throughout the rest of the game, you could kind of – you could almost run into a room and just gun as you go. Yeah. You know, when you're facing two or three or four regular enemies and there wasn't much risk of, of dying as long as you can shoot quick and launch quick, then – you can almost just run run through the rooms. But starting in this level, it had to be a lot more patient because they throw sometimes, you know, like a, almost a dozen enemies at you or, you know, some enemies that seem to basically kill me in one hit or get pretty close to it. Yeah, there's there's always those guys with the rocket launchers, um, which if you upgrade... Do I, do them, I need to they... upgrade anything to be able to grab the rockets out of the air? Yes, there is a node that you can unlock that allow you to throw grenades and rockets back at guys. Yeah, because I've tried to do that a few times and blown myself up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you you have to get the <laughs> node first. Um, but uh, yeah, it definitely jumped up in difficulty here. Um, I, I should mention that while we were still in communications, I forgot about this. We had a boss fight. We had to fight Tomasi. Yep. Um, who was, God, I can't remember what he was. He might have just been the head of communications. I can't remember. But, um, he, uh, he, he, he was, I remember the first time I played this game, he killed me a bunch of times. I was like, what the heck? This is the first boss in this game and I'm getting the crap beat out of me. Um, wasn't too difficult this time around, I guess, cause I knew he was coming. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he flips yeah, I, around. Yeah, everything I, everything I did went a lot faster this playthrough. I yeah, spent a lot definitely. of time the first playthrough just kind of meandering a bit, and this time I'm like, I kind of know what to do. I kind of know how everything works, and I was able to just kind of progress. Yeah. There's also another big thing, and this is something I don't, I don't know if you've done it, Matt. You're playing on the PS5, I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. Uh, on the Series X as well, uh, on the Ultimate Edition. They have it optimized for the new consoles. 
and you have the option of playing in um, uh, I, I, I guess 4K 30 frames per second or you can turn on ray tracing and it plays at 30 frames per second now ray tracing with 30 frames per second or 4K regular at 60 frames per second so I was like, you know what? Let's try out. Let's see how it looks. So I changed it to the 30 frames per second. I have to give them credit. The reflections, everything, the lighting looks fantastic. This game looks great. Yep. But I switched it to to the 60 frames per second. That changes that game. <laughs> that game is 10 times easier only because the 60 frames per second gives you a way better reaction time. Yeah. I can I can shoot and it was a perfect it, the perfect example. I had had it on the 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 nice looking graphics and I had to do that freaking um the the shooting gallery like the 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 training course. Yep. And I I kept failing at it and I was like this is getting annoying. And so I changed it to the 60 frames per second, finished it first try. Hmm. And I was like, "That it makes a difference, man. It really does. And it plays great. Yeah, I might have to switch it. Yeah. I've only, I've only kept it smooth. in fidelity mode so far. Yeah. No, no. It, yeah, it runs smooth as butter. And it still looks pretty good. It doesn't have all the, the fancy reflections and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, man, it, it runs smooth and the reaction times, cause I, like, it, it defaults to no auto aim or not auto aim, but not, no aim assist. And yeah. with the 60 frames per second, I don't need the aim assist. I can actually handle that. So, makes a difference. But yeah, we're going down to the research area and this is the place I want to be. Like, I want to be in the research area because, I want to know everything there is to know about what these things do. Yeah, I want too. to. Me- I, I want to meet Casper Darling because he comes off as like this really kind of bubbly personality who's like really excited about this this new stuff and 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 coming up with all these fun names for things and stuff like that. But I get the feeling he could possibly be nefarious. Mm. Just um, because he seems what too, too interested or engaged and friendly. Possibly. I, th- I think it's one of those things where like, he's just so, so in awe of this new technology or this, this new powers and stuff like that, that he'll do anything to learn more about it. Yeah. Twist. Um, yeah. Like, is the hit did the hiss show up because of him? But at the same time, there was also, uh, I think, in fact, I want to say it was, um, I want to say it was the 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 guy down at uh, maintenance, the head of maintenance guy. Didn't he say that Darling came by and gave everybody one of these devices before the hiss even showed up? Yeah. When did the FBC? get initiated I'm not sure it they're, they're, certainly they're, was before 
you know, before Dylan and and his sister, you know, discovered theirs because they they showed up to to kind of take it. So yeah, I wonder how long these objects have been around. I mean, if the if the disc was from World War Two. Uh no, the yeah. disc wasn't from World War Two. It was from the Cold War. Yeah, it's been around for a while, nu- I guess. They had the nuke codes. Um, wasn't there objects that were like, I thought I read something like they found objects back in the sixties, like it was documented to be found in the sixties. So I would assume this bureau has been around for probably since the fifties, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I I guess some of the architecture would, would have you believe it's, you know, it's been around for a while. I, I haven't read enough of the documents and stuff. I've read some of them, but I, I, I do want to dig in more and see what what could be revealed or what I can understand about all this from all of the text and lore that's in the game. There's tons of it, and yeah, it all awesome. reads like SCP stuff. So, um, yeah. So go down to the research area. Um, and uh, there are a few uh, survivors down there as well uh marshall is one of them we finally run into her and um marshall's all about hey these these devices that keep the hiss away uh we need to get more of those and they're made by oh. this well go ahead i was gonna say i think it's hra not hrc hra so yeah we need some more of these devices and uh, Darling was making them from this special type of material, this ore that came from the astral plane, I guess. I'm not entirely sure. And so yeah. we go into we go into his like little laboratory where he was experimenting with that material and have to solve this puzzle that I was a complete idiot about. Yeah, with the cards matching up yeah, to with the five cards. machines. Yeah. yeah. But before we got there, we had to deal with the whatever the hell that thing was in that room. <laughs> <laughs> that that right there, I was like, do I fight this thing? What am I doing here? <laughs> and if it gets close yeah. to you, it just drains your health. <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly. And the number of times I launched things at it, and then you can see kind of like its its center, its nucleus. But it, yeah. even even when it was in that state, didn't seem like there was anything you could do to fight it. So it was pretty clear with all the doors that I had to trap it somewhere. Yeah, I eventually eventually figured that out. Yeah, and uh, trapped it, and I was like, okay, well, I got it trapped at least. Um, yes, another astral plane thing. That holy crap. <laughs> Um, and then we made it to the laboratory where, um, we had to turn on this device that would, I guess it it shot a laser into it, into the material, but the material shattered. And so Marshall, Marshall shows up and says we need to go get more of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the next, the next mission was to, to go and get, some more of this material and that's where I stopped. So, yep. Me too. I don't know. This this game still feels like a fever dream. 
agreed. I think both the audio, the visuals, the you know, kind of the the craziness, the storyline, and almost the randomness of the f- functions. Everything seems a bit, you know, you know, almost out of sync, but not in a, not in a bad way. Just in a the pieces haven't been put together yet kind of way. Yeah, I said it on um on the podcast for N4G that I feel like where I've gotten this game feels like I started watching a TV show, but I started at like episode five and I'm just like, what is happening? You know, the biggest thing for me was when Jesse picked up the gun, she became the new director. And then instantly everybody in this building was like, Oh, you're the new director. Like how did they know she picked up the gun? How did they know she was even there? Yep. Are these people brainwashed into knowing this? Or do they have some kind of connection with the astral plane that gives them this information? Or was, you know, was history rewritten? Doesn't sound like it because they still knew that there was a former director. True, but then there's also paintings of Jesse as the director. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's what made me think of it. And yeah, I, I wasn't sure if... If not that it was time travel, but it was just kind of like a, a resetting of things. But yeah, or maybe that's just the like oldest house. Yeah, just tied to it its flexibility. Been. Yeah, the oldest house is like, oh, you're the new director. Well, let me go ahead and change these paintings for you. <laughs> I don't know. That was like I still can't figure that out, and I still don't know what Polaris is. That this this yep. this being that she's talking to in her head. Yep. So, I don't know. Uh, we do have an email, though. Oh, nice. It comes in from uh, Chad. It's labeled, Let's Join the Threshold, Kids. <laughs> says, uh, Howdy, crew. I originally played through this game when it first released. Although I think it is a good game, I wasn't nearly as hot on it as everyone else at the time. I picked up uh, the Ultimate Edition for the PS5 a while back, but let it sit for a while and figured this would be a good opportunity to jump back in with you all. The story is a bit of a fever dream. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And although it seems complex, it's actually pretty straightforward. Jesse and her brother Dylan found an object of power when they were kids in a junk heap in their hometown of Ordinary. Although Jesse got away, the Foundation came in and collected the uh, object of power and her brother. So apparently, something attached itself to Jesse called Polaris, which has helped her find the oldest house so she can find her brother. There are a couple of things that aren't very clear, at least not at first, such as whether Polaris makes Jesse a, a para-utilitarian, or if she already had those abilities. Although some of the collectibles and story through some of the collectibles and story and story dialogue, it makes makes it sound like Jesse and Dylan were already special, which is why the foundation was thinking about grooming Dylan to be the next director. Speaking of which, it's weird how everyone is so accepting of Jesse being the new director after she just walked <laughs> into a building off the street and picked up a gun. Understandably, they all seem to realize the gun selects who the director is, but nobody is weirded out by the director committing suicide. 
I'm about 75% through the game, and I'm not sure if they ever explained why he killed himself. So I don't think the story is really a highlight for this game, which is why I I probably wasn't too hot on it at the first time around. The setting, however, is fantastic. The oldest house, the hiss, and the text pop-ups when you first enter a new area is creepy, super stylized, and equal parts fascinating and engaging. So, alright, I have a question here. The hiss. Are we hearing the hiss? Am I missing something? Do I need to play this game with headphones or something like that? Because I know when Anthony was reviewing this game, he told me, he said, when the hiss talks to you, it's creepy. It sounds so creepy. Has the hiss ever talked to me? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Unless I'm just missing sound cues like when I'm fighting dudes or something like that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's the I, second I time I somebody's mentioned it. I don't think so. I mean, even during the bosses, I'm thinking of that very last boss we fought where he, you know, he carried all that debris around him and kept launching it at us. I mean, I, I feel like if anyone, if, if there's any time I would expect the hiss to talk to me, it would be during or before the boss fight. I, I don't think I've heard any hiss communications. Yeah, I don't either. Maybe you can explain that to me, Chad, because... Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I need to play this with headphones or something like that. Or maybe it hasn't happened yet. Or maybe it hasn't happened yet, yeah. It says, uh, I normally play PlayStation 5 or Series X games on performance mode so I can get that buttery smooth 60 frames per second. But this game is an exception to that rule. The graphics mode does more than just give a slightly higher definition. The ray tracing additions are super, super cool. I haven't seen many games, if any, on consoles put so much detail into the reflections and shadows. It really adds a lot to the lure of the already creepy setting. If you haven't tried the graphics mode yet, you should really check it out. I have. It's very impressive. But man, I need that 60 frames per second. It plays so good. (laughs) Matt, you need to try it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll try it, but it just looks so good and blown up I'm like I'm really enjoying just kind of wandering through this place and uh, you know between the architecture the boldness the you know the graphics and the reflections it's it's not like a hyper exaggerated world that we're in right it's not like you're going from waterfalls to forests to the moon to you know cloud city or anything like that it's all just kind of a concrete building but that being said, it, it's pretty fun to explore. I mean, I, I each new area I, I do enjoy seeing. I like the way that um, I don't know. It, it it's it's very ominous. Yeah, when when you first get into the the research area where you come into that lobby and it goes downstairs and upstairs, I was like, oh, this is really different. It was almost like you were in like a inside courtyard. Yeah, and I I was like, oh, I like the look of this. This is really really cool. It's funny. As soon as I saw the two kind of like giant trees in the middle of the atrium, I'm like, oh, seems like a little bit of Alan Wake's hometown. Yeah, you know, giant uh, redwoods. 
In addition to the setting, the gameplay and physics is where the game really shines. Unlocking Jesse's different abilities through capturing objects of power and using them in various combinations helps to try and keep the gameplay evolving and fresh, in addition to unlocking different types of guns. Ultimately, though, I still just use the combination of the base gun with the pierce form as my secondary. The pierce form is slow, and you can only pull off two shots before having to recharge, but it is great against enemies with shields, especially those who dodge thrown objects. As for abilities, I don't bother with shield or seize too much. I don't want to go too far into detail with the abilities because I don't know how far either of you have gotten. I have not found seize yet, but I, I think seize maybe, I think you have like a mind control ability where you mm. can make enemies fight for you. Not have a seizure. Yeah. Uh, so now I remember what my biggest gripe was for this game. I hate the map. <laughs> I was hoping they would have changed it for the Ultimate Edition, uh, but nope, it still sucks. I was hoping they could have taken a page out of Visceral's Dead Space book and allow a map menu option that would let you rotate it so you could see some dimensions between the different levels and or use the R3 button to give you a pulse direction indication for which way you should be heading for an objective. I swear I've probably wasted a couple of hours worth of game time running around in circles because I couldn't find a specific hallway, door, or staircase. The last thing I want to mention about this game, which I consider a highlight, are the collectibles. A lot of the convoluted story is further colorized by the different videos and documents you can find throughout the oldest house. Most of them are really fascinating. Sometimes I'll find a uh, partially redacted document talking about a specific object of power and then wind up running into it later within the game. The videos and the voice recordings are also really well done in that typical Remedy style. I appreciate that most of them are pretty short, which helps to keep me to keep from messing with the game pacing too much. Sorry, I can't read today. Uh, but there are still just way too many of them. I mean, do I really need to read someone's grocery list or book club notes? <laughs> they should have scaled that back a little because as much as I enjoy them, I've gotten burned out and I've been picking them up without reading them. The best collectibles of all, though, are those creepy-ass Threshold Kids VHS tapes you can find. So completely unnecessary and weird, but I absolutely love it. Now these I make time... Now these I make time to stop and watch because they are just so uncomfortable and really add to the creepiness of this world. I don't want to spoil anything, but remember, the last third of this game really kicks into gear, gets weirder, and has a few surprises. Until next time, Chad. Wow, that sounds awesome. I'm much more interested in hearing that it ends on a strong, interesting, weird note than it fizzles out and we've already seen the best that it has to offer. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, unfortunately, I do know a little twist to this game, mm. only because it's been out for so long, and also because Anthony kind of just told me. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you. <laughs> um, 
do you know are you familiar with the DLCs Matt uh no okay other do than not... that they're included in the ultimate edition okay but you don't even know the names of them no okay do not look up the names of the DLCs okay okay because one of them will spoil the little the little special twist in there. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess because when that it's the second DLC that came out, when the second DLC came out, I guess they figured everybody had already played this game, so they just kind of just put it in there. Um. So just just don't look anything up about control. <laughs> okay. Un- unless unless you're looking for like a walkthrough. I've avoided it so far, so yeah, unless they spoil it in the walkthrough, I'll, I should be okay. I wish I didn't know, but it, ha- it it's going to happen because it's been out since for three years, so I can't help that I know this. Um, but because um, if I'd have found out just through playing the game, I would have been like, that's cool. That's really cool. Mm. Um, but you, you, you will see it eventually. Uh, I'm planning on playing both DLCs. Apparently you can just run into the DLCs in this game. It, it just happens. You know, it's not like you have to choose something from the menu or anything like that. So I don't know when I'll start one of them. <laughs> so it just, it, it'll just happen. I guess it's, I think it's kind of like just a side, side story kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, just to be on the lookout for that kind of stuff. I don't even know when you can access them. I may just look it up because I know I know the little small twist from the last DLC. But um, yeah, you'll you, you may you may uh, you may get a kick out of it. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for this recording. Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty excited for this game. I like I like I. It's been one of those things. Like I get off work, I got a couple hours to kill, and I just boot up Control. Like let's let's keep going. You know, I, like it hasn't been it hasn't been one of those. Like there's been days where when we're playing a Yakuza game, I was like, I don't know if I want to jump into like a long ass session of Yakuza. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But with Control, it's just like, hey, I can I can make it to the next you know little you know cleansing point. That shouldn't be a problem. You know. And it's yep. it, and yep. I've had a I've had a ball with this game so far. Yeah, me too. I've really enjoyed both the weirdness, the the back and forth of the the gunfights, and you know between the launch and, and the and the gun and, and balancing that out, and watching the little weird videos. Yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been pretty interesting so far. Absolutely, and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. But um, yeah, yeah. I I think uh, I think that'll be it for us. If you would like to send us an email, it's uh, Drew at ztgd.com. Uh, I know there's a few people playing along with us, so if you would please send us an email. Uh, Chad, thank you for yours. Um, if you would also like to follow us on Twitter, we, I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ztgd phoenix down. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. I think I said, yeah, it makes me so far. It makes me really want to go play quantum break after this as well. 
just to just to see what I missed with Remedy. You, you know, I even had that thought too. I, I I did while I was playing Control. I was like, man, maybe I should give Quantum Break another shot because I mean the the powers in that game feel a little bit like Quantum Break, and I don't know. Maybe I didn't give it a fair shake. Honestly, I think it was the 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 TV show stuff because I mean it is it's like a forty minute episode of a TV show in between each chapter. <laughs> See, the and thing I'm is, like, I missed it because I I never had or for a long stretches of time I haven't had a- access to like an Xbox One. So there are many times I've wanted to play and just not had a, a viable way to do so. And, and right. Since I recently picked up that. Series X, I can kind of go back and, and see some of what I've missed, and that that's pretty high on the list of those gap games. Well, there you go. Yeah, and Quantum Break is uh, it's on Game Pass because it was published yeah, uh, by Microsoft. I'll have to check it out at some point. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, that's going to be it for us. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Until next time, I am Drew, and I'm Matt. And we are out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with the continuation of Control. Control.